0: Message that I pray would be a message that would open the eyes of those that are blinded, blinded by the world, blinded by youth, blinded by things. You know, today as we we look at life in general, we see a great deal of despondency especially when it comes to eternal life, salvation of the Lord. We see people that have no use for it. We see people that have absolutely no no cares whatsoever concerning the things of God. And it's sad because there's a day coming when mankind will meet His Maker. And the thing of it is, we just never know when that time's going to come. We never know. wasn't very long ago that I lost a, a friend who was younger than I who had his whole life ahead of him, had all kinds of things going on. But now he's in eternity. He had no idea that that day was coming so quick. A young man. You know, as I, I've been preaching on the hope of salvation, today I do want to bring that message that I've been working on for the last couple of weeks as God would allow me to, to write and, and to put down into words what I was feeling There's coming a day when all hope's going to be gone. There's coming a day when it's going to be too late. And there's nothing, nothing will be able to change it then. I would ask you to turn your Bibles to 2 Corinthians in chapter 6. 2 Corinthians in chapter 6, and while you're turning there, we'd like to welcome our radio audience this is Brother John Lybrook, pastor of the Emmanuel Missionary Baptist Church in Old Town. That's just the side of Greenham County, out of Carter County. You can get to us by taking Route 1 or Route 7. We have a sign on either end of Laurel Road giving you directions to the meeting house of God's people known as Emmanuel. And we're thankful that you've taken time today to tune in to WGOH to hear a portion of God's Word. My prayer has been from the very moment that I began to think about this subject, is that every lost soul that hears may be saved today. Not hear my words, but the Word of God. That they may hear the call of the Master. As I said, the Bible is very plain that death is coming to all of us and Friend, I want you to know that's when all hope is completely gone. That's when all. That's when everything is too late. In second in Corinthians in chapter six in verse one and two, and I'm going to say that I've got the wrong one. I'm I'm saying First Corinthians. I'm in 1 Corinthians, I need to be in 2 Corinthians, I'm sorry about that. I looked down and I thought, that ain't right. <laughs> 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 1 and 2, the Bible says, We then, as workers together with Him, beseech you that ye receive not the grace of God in vain. Now, Brother Jim's been going over that word vanity and vain It is a uselessness. It is for naught. And here the Apostle Paul, as he's talking here at Corinth, he says unto them that as he is the preacher of the Word of God, he says, we then, as workers together with him, beseech you also, That you receive not the grace of God in vain or to no use. For he saith. I have heard thee in a time accepted. And in the day of salvation have I secured thee. Behold now is the accepted time. Behold now is the day of salvation. Or this could... uh, could very easily be said, this is the day of hope. You're, you're alive, you're breathing the fresh air that God has given you. Your mind is clear, you're able to think. You're able to, as the Bible says in Isaiah 118, to reason. Felix reasoned about the Scriptures. He reasoned about judgment. In other words, he thought on these things. There's coming a time maybe, who knows what lies ahead in your life, that there's coming a time maybe that that mental process in your mind is gone. You know, I, I'll be honest with you. I cannot begin to imagine what happens in the mind of a victim of a some kind of traumatic injury in the head, or, or even a stroke victim. I, I mean, I don't, I don't understand uh, the things that goes on in the mind of an individual, whether they're able to comprehend or not. I know, you know, there's times when they say, "Well, there's, there's just no activity, there's no brain waves." It's gonna to be too late. The ability to call upon Jesus is going to be gone. The Bible goes on to say in Isaiah 49, and I'll turn back here and read this real quick, and I want you to think about it. Isaiah 49, in verse 8, and I'm just going to read a couple stanzas of this verse, where the Bible says, Verse 8 of chapter 49 of the book of Isaiah, thus saith the Lord, In an acceptable time have I heard thee, and in the day of salvation have I helped thee. The day of hope, the day of life. Our most gracious and divine Heavenly Father, Lord, once again as we bow before your throne, we do so with thankful hearts. We thank you, dear God, that uh, there was a day in our lives when you reached down and you touched this old mind of mine. You awakened me to the fact that I was in need of a Savior. You showed me what I was blind to all many years. I was blind to my own filth and my own sin. But you opened my eyes that I might see you unstopped my ears that I might hear. And Father, I'm praying for that in this house today. Dear God, I'm praying for a stirring of the Holy Spirit. Father, I'm praying that even now, you're moving up and down these aisles and in and out of these pews. Never lost soul in this house, dear God, may be touched and awakened to the fact that they need a Savior. And may this be the very day that salvation breaks forth. Lord, I pray that you'll cause minds to be considering the future. Where they're going to spend eternity. Father, I pray that you would cause them to see today that nobody knows when that day's coming, but it is coming according to thy word, and it's coming to all of us. Some will die young. Some will die old. Some will die in the middle of life. In the prime of youth. Lord, I pray that you'll cause us to realize that today's the day of salvation. Today is the day of hope because life still moves these bodies. Lord, I pray that You'll just be with us and give us power and demonstration of the Holy Spirit. Father, I pray that You touch this congregation today. Those that are saved, Lord, I pray that they're even now pleading for Thy salvation to come to this house. Souls may be changed. Lives may be completely overcome. Lord, bless this day. And I ask that you forgive us our sin in Christ's name and amen. I've been mentioning this sermon for a couple of weeks now. When is it too late? When is all hope gone? Emmanuel, to our visiting friends and our radio audience, the question comes forth today from our message, when is it too late? And when is all hope gone? I've often heard remarks such as, sometime later, preacher, or I'm not interested in what you have to say. I'm not even interested in the track you want to give me. I've heard others proclaim that, preacher, why well, I'm, I'm still young. I've got a lot of living to do. Maybe when I'm older, And I have less activities taking up my life. Maybe then I'll settle down and come to Jesus. What if that day never comes? What if you're looking out so far in the future that you don't you don't know that death is right at your door? We have seen that this week. I've talked to a man even this past Wednesday who had no idea that three days later he was going to be in eternity. My heart breaks. Folks, I want you to know something. Death is a real thing. Death is one of those things that we cannot elude. You can have the finest doctors in the world. You can have the best doctor in the world but when god says your day is up your day is up there's nothing can stay that as i said about the things that i've heard you know well preacher i'm going to i'll take care of that business a little later on in life right now i've just got some living i want to do but what if that time never comes for you You know, I go back and I think about Felix. There in the book of Acts. You know, it certainly didn't come for him as far as we know. There's no scripture that says that he later called for Paul to come back and explain more in depth the gospel. I said, and I ponder the fact of Guilt. You know, a lot of times the Word of God is uneasy to lost sinners. It's because that God's sovereign grace and salvation causes individuals to be guilty. And that guilt causes us an uneasiness in our, in our breast. And, in a, and it causes us to feel As a matter of fact, it causes us to stop and think sometimes. Felix, uh, and and you think about about Acts 24 and 25, where the Bible says, and as he reasoned of righteousness and temperance and judgment to come, he, he heard everything that Paul had said before, and he began to think and ponder on these things. Have you ever been in that position? Have you ever been in a position where you know that that preacher is telling you the truth? You know without a shadow of a doubt that the the word of God is right. And you began to ponder as Felix did. As he reasoned of righteousness. In other words, as he considered the thought in his mind. You see, there comes a time when that mind may not be able to reason, to ponder the word of God even. Or to think about the things that you have heard the preacher say, or your Sunday school teacher, your, your grandma, your grandpa, your mom and dad, and or whoever else may have given you the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ, there may come a time in your life when you're unable. All hope is gone. Verse 25 again says in Acts 24, And as he reasoned of righteousness, temperance, and judgment to come, Felix trembled and answered, Go thy way for this time when I have a convenient season, I will call for thee. There never has been documentation stating that Felix ever called on anyone to hear more about Jesus Christ. Back in our text of Isaiah 49 and 8, the Bible says that there is a word there that is the acceptable time. The phrase, and the word acceptable in the Hebrew is a masculine noun meaning pleasure or delight. Desire or will, favor, Acceptance. The time when it's favorable to you, when will that be? When you're alive right now. When there's breath in you. When we talk about the acceptable time as it is attributed to God, the term expresses the divine goodwill which He extends to humanity as He sees fit. God's grace. It's God's grace that has allowed you to sit under the preaching of the glorious gospel. It's God's grace that has allowed you to be reared up in a Christian home with Christian parents and Christian grandparents who have who have raised you in the fear and the admonition of the Lord. It's by God's grace that you've heard of Jesus. Today, again, it is by God's good grace and mercy but he's placed you in this house of God to hear the acceptable season. But when is all hope gone? Again, this is the one thing that I've been speaking of of so many times in the last couple of weeks. When is all hope gone? When is it too late? First of all, it's when God shuts the door. I want you to stop for just a moment and consider what I just said. You're back in the book of Genesis when Noah was instructed on how to build the ark. You understand that there wasn't multiple doors to get on that ark. There was one door. There was one way to get in. It's the same way in salvation, there's one way to get in. Jesus Christ says in John 14 and 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man come unto the Father but by me. So there in the book of Genesis, can you just imagine as Noah and his sons were were busy of building the ark. Can you imagine that 120 some years that they were that they were about the business of, of building that ark. Can you just imagine all the people that was always going to and fro, up and down the streets and, and byways and, and coming around to where Noah might have been and Noah and his sons as they were hammering pegs into that old ark and as they were covering it with pitch and, and as they were sealing it up Can you just imagine what was being said? Today, I couldn't tell you the times I've had men to actually laugh in my face. I couldn't tell you the times that I've had men to threaten my life as I was giving them the glorious gospel two times in particular when I thought, man, I may have to do something to defend myself with this old boy. And I mean... It was that that volatile. Just giving them the gospel, it just tore them up. And there's two different times that happened to me for sure. I had a man one time to rear back with a hole. And he says, you're ready to go. And I'll never forget that. And I began to preach unto him again the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. And he just stood there with that hole like this as I give him the gospel. But he didn't realize the word that was coming forth was the word of hope. It was the word that would, that would bring change life altogether. And I could just imagine as, as, as those men were building the ark that everybody was probably driving by, walking by and they weren't driving much back in those days. But, but I'll tell you, as they walked by, can you just imagine the visual witness that was taking place there? Can you imagine the, the 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 hearsay that was going forth as as Noah was warning them, listen, there's going to be a great flood, and that's the reason why we're building this big ark. But nobody wanted to get on. It was the accepted time. It was a good time to get on. I mean, especially after they got everybody, all the animals in, and and there was the ramp all the way up to the door. There's one door and there's one way in. You couldn't make a mistake. The only mistake that was made is they never walked up that plank to get on board. They never walked in. They never came in. And I sit and I think about that and and still yet the responsibility of the human being is, is to come unto Jesus, is to come because of His goodness, His mercy, His grace. His love in dying on the cross of Calvary to spare their lives. They have a a responsibility to come unto the Father. The Bible says in the book of Acts that listen, there was a time when God winked at all that foolishness. But now He commands men everywhere to repent. So now when there is the ability to consider what repentance is. It is a turning from sin and turning to the Lord. It is a change of life. It's a change of, of, our, of our thought process even to repent. I can't imagine what it must have been like when as Noah was told to get on board and then God shut the door. You see, you never know when that door is going to be shut in your life. No doubt those, those individuals in that city were they were busy with life, they were doing all those things that, that got them through every day that they, that they lived. They were doing the things that, that you do in life. Sad to say, sometimes people don't have time to take time to do what the God says. But those individuals, as they were, as they were walking by, maybe, and as as the, all of a sudden, as Noah entered into the ark, the door was shut. The Bible says, and God shut him in. That's when it became too late for everybody outside. That's when it became too late for all those uh, naysayers on the outside. That's when it became too late for those who were busy building life, busy doing things, busy making a living. Busy, busy, busy. They were so busy that they didn't take time for the Lord. That's when it became too late for them on the outside. And I want you to consider this in this house today. Maybe you're here, you don't know the Lord's your Savior. Listen, I want you to know something. Today's the accepted time. You know why? Because you're alive and you're well, you're breathing, you're in the house of God, you're hearing the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. Now is a day of salvation. You're not promised tomorrow, the Bible says. Just like those individuals when God shut the, the door of the ark they had no idea that day was going to be that day. No doubt, I would, I would just about dare say that had they known that day was going to be there, they might have done some different things in their lives. Amen? You know, I've often told people, you know, I'm glad that I don't know what lies out in front of my future. I'm glad I don't know. I believe it would drive me crazy. But that one thing, not knowing what lies out that door there, hey, I don't know what's happening in here right now. Just like that, your life could be gone. With a snap of a finger, a blink of an eye, your life could be over, and you could be in eternity. The door is shut. When the door is closed, none can open it. Maybe you're like Felix. You have heard the gospel message all of your days. But you have rejected it time and again. You maybe have said like Felix, well, some other time you come back when it's more convenient for me. In other words, when I'm ready. Folks, I'll tell you, I want you to know something You know, I've heard people say, I'll be saved when when I get my life straightened out. I'll be saved when I take care of, when I get all of my sins, I get all of that out of the way. No. That's not how salvation works. Salvation says, You come unto me as you are, and I'll save you. What if somewhere down the road you encounter an incident where your ability to reason or think is taken away? I go back to Isaiah chapter 1 for just a moment. And I want to read this because I want you to listen to what it says. I used to read this a lot more than I have here of late. But I want you to think about this now. In Isaiah chapter 1 and verse 18. Listen to me, lost sinner, I want you to hear me today. He says, come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord. And again, that word reason is to consider. That's what it means here in the Hebrew. It means to consider. In other words, think about what you're doing here today. Think about what you're going to do if. What if the Lord should come and call the church home? What if he should call and all the saved of the, all the redeemed be, be called up and, and that happens in a in and quicker than a blink of an eye even? A third of a second. How quick to be left all alone and all hope is gone. Come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord, though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow, though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. In Hebrews in chapter three, in Hebrews in chapter three, I want you to consider this now, beginning at verse six. The Bible says, But Christ has a Son over His own house, whose house we are. If we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm unto the end. The hope or the lack of hope. What will it be in your life? Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith today, if you will hear His voice. How are you going to hear His voice? through this old book right here today. This is the very breath of God. This is God's voice to you today. And He's saying here, without a shadow of a doubt, He's saying, Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith, if today you will hear His voice, harden not your hearts. Don't turn away from God today. Don't turn away, and and don't turn away from the glorious gospel. You're saying you're getting almost Armenian on us. No, I still believe in the responsibility of man, that's all. Man is told to come unto the Father. That's the reason why there's no innocent people in hell. Everybody. Everybody in hell is there because they're guilty. Number one, they're guilty of sin. Number two, they're guilty of not repenting and trusting the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior. That's the reason why people go to hell today. It isn't that God assigned them to hell, we were all going to hell. We were all on our way to a devil's hell because of the sin of Adam and Eve. Sin is passed upon all of us for all have sinned to come short of the glory of God. So it wasn't that God consigned you to hell is that you rejected Jesus Christ and His salvation. That's what sends a man to hell. The total rejection of a a living God of heaven. The Bible says even nature itself proves that there is a God that should be worshipped. My friend, I want you to know today when God shuts the door, it's too late. When God shuts the door, it's too late. Listen. What if... Somewhere down the road you have a stroke. I've had to deal with that. I've seen it firsthand. I've seen it when the doctor come in and he says, Hey, listen, the only thing that's going on here is the life support machine. There's nothing else there. You talk about heartbreaking. You're talking about heartbreak and when they say, listen, there's no activity in the brain. There's no ability to reason or there's no ability to, to think about Jesus no more. All hope is gone. What if there's some bad wreck and there's some bad head injury? What about a freak accident so-called? And I don't believe in accidents, I believe in incidences. I believe everything is determined by the great God of heaven. But all of a sudden your door is shut. What a tragic end to one's hope. Amen. What a tragic end. Last Wednesday I sat and talked to Mr. Holt. and He was talking about the youth of his daughter. And I spoke up to him. I said, the thing is, we all need to be ready because we don't know when that time's coming. I had no idea that'd be the last time I'd speak to that man. He was looking forward to coming down and coming to church. Had no idea that that day would come so quick. I had a brother that You know, one day he was here, and the next day he wasn't. You don't know when that day's coming, folks. You don't know when that day is going to come to you when all hope is ended, all hope is gone. Those standing outside the ark when God opened the heaven's doors when the windows of heaven were opened up and the waters began to come down and the fountains of the deep began to be broken and and the flood began to come. Listen! The door of the ark the way of safety was gone and they found out too late. When all hope eluded them, the waters of life and death overtook them. The same thing happens in our lives. People don't go out and expect to die that very day, do they? People don't even think about death. I mean, people don't like to even hear about death being preached about, do they? It's just one of those things nobody wants to deal with. But whether you like it or not, you're going to have to deal with it. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews, chapter 9, and verse 27, it's appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. That's what I want you to understand. Death is coming, but after that is when you meet the great I am. Secondly, I want you to think about this. When is it too late? When is all hope gone? When your mind blocks out the very God of heaven. You see, there's a a place in the Scripture that talks about a reprobate mind. That's a mind that has been left to itself. A mind that has absolutely no feeling for God. A reprobate mind is a mind that feels like everything is all right and they're they're going to be okay because what they do is okay. That's what it means to be a reprobate mind. That means to be turned over to a reprobate mind means to, to be able to do things without any guilt, without any association of guilt because people think that what they do is all right. People think they're good enough to get to heaven just the way they are. And everything's going to be hunky-dory. Folks, I want you to know something. When the old mind turns to reprobate, when God robs you of that ability to hear and to see, lest you should believe. Hmm. Watch a scripture that always shook me? That's a scripture that always grabbed a hold of me. Lest they should see and hear and believe. Romans chapter 1, I, you know, I have to go here because, it, I mean, this is one of those portions of scripture that so many people hate today. But I want you to know something. This is God's word. The Bible says in verse 18 of Romans 1, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness because that which may be known of God is manifest in them for God hath showed it unto them. (laughs) You see, that's the reason why there's no innocent people in hell. God's already revealed it unto you. God has spoken, and there's nothing you can, you can't get away from that now, can you? God and His power and His majesty has spoken to every human being that's ever been born in this world. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath showed it unto them. For the invisible things of Him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made even His eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Where do you sit today? Young person, I want to know where are you sitting today? Where are you right now as far as eternity is concerned? Do you know Do you know if you're on the edge or do you know if you have a long way to go? No, you don't know. You don't know. Just like my friend that I lost last year, he didn't know. He wasn't wasn't looking to die. It's just something that overtook him. And death came and he couldn't stop it. The doctors couldn't stop it. He was in the hospital he was do- and they were doing everything in their power to keep Him alive, and yet they lost their battle because God was in charge of that life. Just like He's in charge of your life today. Verse 24, the Bible says, Wherefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves who changed the truth of God into a lie, and worshipped and served the creature more than the Creator who is blessed forever. Amen. For this cause, God gave them up to vile affections. For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature and likewise also the men leaving the natural use of the woman burned in their lust one toward another men with men working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves the, that recompense of their error which was meat. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge people don't want to do that today do they? People today try to Try to excuse themselves by saying, "Well, I'm atheist. I don't believe in God." Oh yeah, you will, and you do now. I'm sure. I don't believe in. I don't believe in atheism. I don't believe there's any, I don't believe there's a a, a a bit of truth to an atheist that says, "I don't believe," because God has clearly revealed it to them. That's what the Bible says. So I don't really believe people that want to argue with me and say, well, I'm atheist and I don't believe what you've got to say, so there it is. No, I don't buy that. Because I believe what God says. God says, and even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. He goes all the way down through this and it gives a list of of horrid sins. But the greatest sin of all is rejecting Jesus Christ as Savior. That's the greatest sin, is rejecting the Lord Jesus Christ who gave His life that you might have life. And now, you know, I I hear it all the time. I hear people say, well, you preach the gospel so much, you're going to turn people against it. I don't turn people against it. Maybe God has closed their minds to it. Maybe God says, all right, that's it. Maybe your vile affections have have destroyed your thought process. Maybe you've heard the gospel so many times that you say, well, what if it's the last time you hear the gospel? What if it's the last time you hear the word hope? Romans 2 and 1 says, therefore, thou art inexcusable, O man. Back in verse 28 of of chapter 1, the Bible, of Romans, the Bible says that, listen, that word reprobate, it means a failing the test or castaway. It means rejected. Mind has rejected the very God of heaven. And God says, all right, you want it that way, you'll have it that way. All hope is gone. How many times are you going to reject Jesus Christ and get by with it? How many times are you going to reject the glorious gospel and get by with it? Wouldn't it be a hideous thing for God to turn you over to a reprobate mind? To where sin no longer is a bother to you. Mankind's mind is in an altered state because of unrepented sin. In Titus in chapter one. As we look at this, I want you to think about this in verse 15 and 16. The Bible says, Unto the pure all things are pure, but unto them that are defiled and unbelieving is nothing pure, but even their mind and conscience is defiled. They profess that they know God, but in works they deny Him, being abominable and disobedient. Unto every good work reprobate. Man, I'll tell you what. Some of the I, yeah, this is some hard preaching. It's hard words, but it's God's word. Because of a constant rejection of the gospel message, people are turned over to a reprobate mind. And Acts twenty-eight again. I go back here and I go back and I think about the things that we have read and seen. I think about also what was said there with King Agrippa. As he spoke to Paul, he said, Almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. Almost. But not quite. Guilt will cause you to do that. But you know what will happen when God condemns you? You'll feel it all over. You'll know it. King Agrippa said, Almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. But I go back and again, I think about Acts 28 and 25, where the Bible says, And when they agreed not among themselves, they departed after Paul had spoken the word. Well spake the Holy Ghost by Isaiah the prophet unto our fathers, saying, Go you unto this people and say, Hearing you shall hear. And shall not understand, and seeing ye shall see, and not perceive. That's what happens in the in the in the in the in the mind of a reprobate. they will never be able to come. God has turned you over to a reprobate mind. Yeah, those are some of those scriptures that just make me shiver. They make me quake. But I go back and I think about, you know, 2 Peter chapter 2. You go through verse 10 down through verse 22, and there you'll see again what it is, what that kind of life will lead you. Genesis chapter 3 spells it out. Listen, the whole world become become corrupt. Now lastly, I want to stop right here for just a moment. I think I have a few moments left. When is it too late? When is all hope gone? It's when death comes. I've already spoke about this a little bit. It's when death comes. That's just like when the door is shut. Listen, that's it. When your eyes close in death, when that soul leaves this body, it's too late. There's no hope left. You see, when you stand before the great God of heaven, listen, and you stand there as a sinner, all hope is gone. All hope is gone. There's one thing for certain in life. You know, I've, you've always heard this, and there's two things. There's certain in life taxes and death. Well, listen, I want you to know something. I know a great deal of people that elude taxes they ain't certain for nothing but death you cannot elude death is coming Hebrews chapter 9 again in verse 27 as it is appointed unto men once to die but after this the judgment Ecclesiastes chapter 3 speaks about the fact that men are going to die you're going to die one day then it's too late all hope is gone when you die all hope is gone I've been to the funerals of young people. I've been to the funerals of middle-aged people. I've been to the funerals of old-aged people. You know what they all have in common? Ain't no one of them can do anything. They're all dead. You say, well, that's kind of uncouth. well, I want your attention for just a minute to realize that when that comes, there's nothing you can do. It's too late. All hope is gone. Do you know when your time is? Do you know when God says that your allotted time is up? Do you know when that's going to be? No, you don't know. None of us know that. But God's got it in His hand. He knows exactly when your day is up. He knows exactly that appointed time. And that's the reason why the book of Hebrews 9 and 27 says it's appointed. Because there's a definite date of your death. We don't know it. We don't know it. You know what happens after that? When you meet your maker, your hope is dashed. When he looks at you and says, depart from me, you worker of iniquity, I never knew you. You can say, well, I've done all these things. I've been a good person. I've done this in the church. I've done that in the church. There's going to be a lot of preachers that are going to stand at the great white throne judgment seat of God because they never were saved. They were living a lie. They were hypocrites. There's a lot of people think that they're all right, but they're not. And you know the sad thing is going to be? They're not going to know it until after they've died and all hope is gone. Where do you stand today? Where are you at right now in life? Many have said, and many have rejected the very thoughts of this preacher. After a while, when it goes out over the airwave, there may be many more. Thousands more maybe that may reject the glorious gospel. When it hits the world wide web, it's hard to tell how many will say, Well, I don't want to hear that. Turn it off. Maybe that was your only hope. You know, I think about the gospel and realize that it is the hope of salvation. The Apostle Paul stated in Romans in chapter 1, It was not ashamed of the gospel of Christ because it was the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. To the Jew first and also to the Greek. Many even this very day across this world are falling into the hands of an angry God. For they have refused the hope of salvation unto the very end. Today, while you have breath, while you have life, while there is hope, he says, you come unto me and I'll give you rest. All those that come unto me, I will in no wise cast out. I could go on and on and on. There is the hope. The hope lies in Jesus and Him crucified and risen again for our justification. That's where hope is. You realize today that Without that, we'd all wind up in a devil's hell without that hope. But hope is here today. Hope is in that pew right with you today. Your breath that just left your body, you know God gave that to you. The very breath that just left you, God gave that to you. When God breathed into Adam, a breath of life each and every one of us that come thereafter are given that breath of life and it's given by God who knows when that breath is going to stop let me ask you something have you ever been suffocated have you ever been to a place where that breath was gone I haven't been suffocated but I'll tell you what there was a time last year when I thought I was about to lose my air. I would gasp and grasp for every breath I could get. And it's an awful feeling. I couldn't imagine not having any. But there's coming a day when that last breath is going to leave your body. That's when all hope is gone. Today's a day of salvation. Trust Jesus Christ today. John chapter 1 verse 11, the Bible says very plainly, He came into His own, but His own refused Him not. But as many as received Him, to them gave He power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on His name. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ today and thou shalt be saved. That's the only hope that humanity has, period. Without that there is no hope. But today there's hope. Today in this house there's hope. I believe the Holy Spirit's in this place today. There's the hope of life. My prayer is that He has touched you and you have received that hope this very hour. The hope of life. Because when you leave, who knows what lies outside the door? I may not make it down to the floor. Death could come at any moment. Are you ready? Do you know the Lord is your Savior today? Listen, when you die, it's too late. When you when you have completely been turned over to a reprobate mind, it's too late. It's too late when there is no no ability to think. It's too late. Come to Him today. As I look out over this congregation, I see people that are are sane. I see people that are good health. I mean, we're all breathing. That's what I mean. We all have life in us. So there's hope. There's hope for you today. The hope's in Jesus. Come unto Him. Listen. Lay down your rebellion. Lay down your refusal. And come to Jesus. He'll save you. Let's all stand please.